and welcome to episode number 27 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about OTG, going off the grid. We'll be talking about exactly what that means, the types of things that track you in your day-to-day life, and just exactly how many of these things can we give up to get truly off the grid, which I think in today's society being truly off the grid is never going to happen. So this becomes a question of how much of your privacy do you really want to keep? How many of the conveniences do you want for using modern technology and all of that? This all stemmed from the fact that I'd want, well, not want to get a new cell phone, but I want to get off of AT&T, which I've been on for years and their, their cell phone service is okay but they charge a lot of money, even if you hardly use any data. And my wife and I actually hardly use almost no data, mainly use Wi-Fi and stuff like that. So I don't need a plan where I'm going to use gigabytes and gigabytes of data. Xfinity, the evil cable company, has a mobile service now that if you have their internet, which I do, you can get a mobile phone service through them and pay only by the shared gigs that you use, or you can do an unlimited plan as well. I'm not interested in that. But the pay by the gig seems like a really, really good deal to me because it's shared, so you can have up to five phones connected to your account, and you pay by what you use, and that is 12 bucks per gig. We've been on a shared plan with my parents, who also use pretty much no data. Over the past six months, the four of us combined have used just over two gigabytes a month. And most of that my wife uses when she's off at work and goes out to Subway or something for lunch and watches a video using, you know, Hulu or something like that. That can all be curtailed as well because you can download things as long as you know you have, uh, you know, you want to watch something a little bit later in the day. You can grab those Hulu, Netflix type things onto your device and download it via Wi-Fi so you're not using the data. So I am convinced it would be no problem to get under one gigabyte of data needed for the four of us, really, for each month. So the bill on AT&T right now is something stupid, like 150, 160 bucks for a shared plan. And that could go down to 12. So you could definitely save a lot of money there. You're not getting off the grid. But this is how this conversation all got started for me, because my phone, which is a which is a ZTE Axon 7, which I've really enjoyed. It's an Android phone. But uh, ZTE was that company that had a a few problems uh, with the American government where they were actually shut down briefly. And uh, so they haven't been pushing updates. The hacker in me was fine with going out and finding another ROM to put on the phone. So I updated my phone to Android Oreo, even though ZTE never actually added Oreo into their system. And that all seemed to work fine. Unfortunately, to get this great deal at Xfinity, they're forcing you to buy an Android phone or bring your Apple phone, which sucks because I've got two Android phones. My parents have two Apple phones. The deal's great for them because they could just bring those phones. Comcast will just send you a SIM card to put in it. Everything's fine. But for the Android phones, it's a little bit harder Uh, For some reason, there are things that just don't completely work unless you're using one of their approved phones. They've been saying for about a year now that their plan to bring your own Android phones in would be starting shortly. Yeah, no, that hasn't happened. 
It doesn't appear to be on the horizon. I don't know why, but you can't bring your own Android phone to them, but you can buy one of the Samsungs or really a lower model LG or a lower model Motorola. Neither of those phones I'm really interested in. If I could keep my existing phone, that would be great. So the question kind of started with, okay, what's, what's a recommended phone? Is there anybody out there that's doing anything close to this Xfinity with the price? And I haven't been able to find that. So it became a balancing act of now, is it worth going out and buying one of these new Samsung phones after the rebate for like 500 bucks a piece? And they may be because they would pay for themselves in what I would be paying less per month in about a year. And then it would all be gravy on that because you'd be paying 12 bucks a month instead of like 150 bucks, whatever we're paying AT&T now. But this got me thinking because people in the no agenda chat room where I was asking this question, and if you want a bunch of guys who know tech and are really paranoid about stuff, that's the place you go. And they're like, you got to get off the grid, man. You got to get off the grid. But I started thinking then about, okay, we know cell phones track you. We know that they have GPS. We know they use Wi-Fi. We know the cell phones track you, and I don't really think there's a huge difference between Android and Apple, even though some people think they do. I think you can control that to a certain extent by not installing a lot of these social media apps, by going through and changing the settings, although I will agree it could be a real pain in the ass finding the right settings in your cell phone to turn things off that can track you. And we've seen a lot, more so, to be fair, in the Android world than the Apple. We've seen a lot recently where the apps have been doing nefarious things. Apps seem to slip through a little bit more into the Google Store than they do into the Apple iTunes Store that will be doing bad things. So, I mean, Google's maybe not doing a good enough job of looking at these apps. Apple, in their totalitarian ways, make it a little bit harder to get the apps approved into their store. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. But both of them, they're going to have their own issues as far as tracking. And you're in control of that to a little bit. But the cell phones are the first thing that people think of when they say they're going off the grid. Adam Curry from the No Agenda Show talks about going to the flip phone, getting off the grid, not wanting to be tracked. And so I thought about that. It's like, okay, could I go with a flip phone, and I think certainly I could. I don't think my wife could because, again, if you want a device where you can go watch movies when you're away from the house, when you want to have some of those conveniences, sure, you can bring like three different devices with you, but then that starts to get to be a pain. So, again, you're kind of looking at the way you're going to balance your convenience and what you're willing to give up. But the thing with cell phones is, yes, they're evil when it comes to the fact that they track you. And I know you can, again, turn some of this stuff off. A lot of people don't. You know, usually the things that will force you to go turn these settings and find these settings to turn off are when you get your monthly message like I got the other day from Google going, hey, here's your past month. Here's everywhere you've been. Rate these places. Give us some feedback on what you thought of this restaurant or the shopping, you know, this store. Uh, and that's a little freaky to me that they know exactly where you've been, how much time you've spent there, and this is all in the device. Now, some people really don't care about that at all, and they figure their life's kind of an open book. And I guess these are the people that if you're on the social medias, if you're on the tweeters and the face bags, and you're posting everywhere you go that, hey, 
hey, I'm at McDonald's, man, having a Happy Meal. Then I guess it really doesn't matter that the phone is tracking everywhere you go because you're putting it out there yourself, and a lot of people do. But if you don't want that information out there, then you really do need to start taking some steps to protecting your privacy and locking some things down. But the question is, how much and what do you really have to do? That's where I start going with this, because we've experimented a little bit. I didn't inhale, though. We experimented a little bit with the things like the Amazon devices and the Google Smart Home devices. And I like what they can provide. I like the fact that I could just say, hey, play this podcast, and it'll start playing the podcast. Hey, play this artist's music, and it'll start playing the music. I like that convenience. But I realize that I have microphones throughout my house that these companies can tap into and listen to. Although, to be fair, you can see when that's happening. And I know that, again, they can be hacked. Things could be used for nefarious reasons. Just look up all the things that have been happening with things like the Nest thermostats, where people have just been randomly talked to and freaks them out and all that, which I get. But I understand that these devices from Amazon and Google, that they have their microphones and they can monitor those, but we can also see when that is engaging. You can, if you know what you're doing with your routers and things like the pie hole, you can see what is using your traffic. So you can kind of lock that stuff down a little bit. Those don't bother me as much because I've had this conversation with the missus and it's like, hey, we should probably, you know, should we get rid of these devices? You know, are they a privacy problem? She's like, well, if you're going to get rid of those, then you have to get rid of the cell phones too, because they also have microphones in them that are technically always listening. And if you don't believe that's true, there's been a lot of research on this and people have done experiments. I think we've talked about this before, maybe in the podcast that was labeled privacy, that if you start talking about and mentioning certain keywords around your cell phone, even when you're not using it, it's just laying on the table in front of you. You start mentioning certain keywords, see how long it takes for you to start getting ads related to those keywords. So your phone's listening to you all the time. It's not that they're sending everything you say to the mothership, but maybe if you mention, you know, uh, Cozumel or you mention Ireland a few times, all of a sudden you're going to be like, hey, check out these vacation deals, man. Ireland is cheap. And you wonder why those are coming through. Not that all your, everything you say is being sent to the mothership. They're looking for keywords and they're tracking these things and they're using them to throw ads at you. And it seems like it's going to get increasingly harder to keep these smart devices out of your house because the thermostats have microphones in them. Your TV has microphones in them now, these smart sets. All these different types of devices are doing things that monitor you. The Roku's monitor what you're watching. I'm sure the Android devices that do the same kind of things as Roku's, pretty much everything has the ability to spy on you. So you figure, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to get rid of my Nest thermostat. I'm not going to get a ring doorbell, which really you're just spying on everybody outside of you. I'm going to get rid of all this stuff. I'm going to get rid of the Amazon devices, the Google devices. I'm going to throw everything out. That doesn't really take you completely off the grid because we have things now like smart meters, which I've noticed here in the suburbs of beautiful Chirac, that everything over the last year and a half, two years, as far as all of our utilities, have been rolled into these smart meters. So for us, that is power, water, and gas. And what does it mean to have a smart meter? Well, they'll sell you on the, on the great thing about this is, hey, we don't have to come read your meter anymore. 
I don't really care about that. What this really does is allows the government, it allows these utilities to see exactly when you're using power, how much you're using, how much water, how much gas. And people, this has been documented all of a sudden, if you have a increase in power in your house, they'll come knocking on your door. The one guy, they, they thought he was growing marijuana because he had just installed a bunch of, I forget what it was that he installed that started using a bunch of power. But they thought it was like a bunch of grow lights, so we got a knock on the door. This is also a great way for them to tell when people are in the house. If you are harboring a criminal, say, so say, you know, you're just sitting at home, you've got you and your wife, that's who lives in your house. Well, all of a sudden, her crazy brother is on the lam because he just robbed a bank or something, and, and he comes to your house and he's hiding out. The fact that he's in your home will change things, most likely. Unless he's not showering or dumping or doing, you know, the normal things that use a little bit of water. Maybe he's not flushing. But these things, all of a sudden, they'll see a change in your normal usage and will know that something is going on differently than had gone on before. Smart meters are nothing but spy devices. It also allows them to do things like, well, you know, we don't want you to use electricity. We're only going to provision you so much during the hot afternoon hours of a summer day. So, you know, your air conditioning might not work. But you can run, you can run the air at night, you know, when you don't need it. That would be great. So these are the types of things that are starting to happen. And you can't opt out of this. You cannot opt out of these smart meters. I tried from your, from your power, gas, water company. There's nothing you can do about it. They're going to put these smart meters in, and they're going to be, have a computer now sitting there watching your usage. Every minute, every second of every day, they know when you flush the toilet. So these are things, again, that are giving clues. You're not off the grid anymore. If you flush the toilet in your house, not off the grid. So if you want to go completely off the grid, you can't flush. You can't wash your hands. I mean, I guess if you keep water separately and you're not turning on the faucets, then maybe you can do that but you can't take a shower. If you're going to be using power and you know, you're know you going to want to put your laptop, plug it in, well, we'll, wait, we'll get to the laptops. Those are bad too. You know, Running the heat, all of this, the smart meters are spying on you. You're technically not off the grid if you're in my house now because you've got three different government agencies, three different utilities that are monitoring what's going on. So how do you get completely off the grid? How do you get out of all of this data tracking? Well, you have to do a lot of things that you don't even necessarily even think about, but you have to then look at things like the loyalty card that your local shop gives you, your grocery store, and everybody, I think, uses these. My wife and I use them because it's one of these things where, you know, every few prescriptions you get, here's $10 off groceries, we'll give you coupons for the stuff that you buy the most, and this system does a really good job using algorithms and all that kind of good data mining capabilities to know who the people are that are buying by your shopping preferences. And it's also a way that you can be tracked. So let's just say you have your favorite, you know, brand of cheese. You know, I like some Irish cheese, some Irish cheddar. It's good stuff. Now you put this together with the type of, you know, aftershave you buy and the type of bacon that you like. And there's a computer out there that can tell if I just try to go off the grid, even if I'm getting rid of my 
grocery card loyalty thing. I'm not taking that with me, obviously, if I'm going off the grid. I go, you know, a thousand miles away. I walk into a totally different grocery store. If I buy the stuff that I normally bought at the other grocery chain back where I lived, there's a really good chance that they're still going to be able to go, hey, that's this guy. He's got that fingerprint. There's a fingerprint of the things that you buy. You think that you're just buying, you know, everything that you buy, you think there's no way to kind of track that there is a fingerprint, as crazy as that may seem, with all the things that you're buying. So if you're going off the grid, I would highly recommend, you know, not only do you have to ditch all those loyalty cards and not use those to get your discounts, but start buying a different brand of bacon. Start buying totally different things. Actually, if you're a bacon guy, you might want to go to sausage and just just change everything to try to obfuscate the fact that you are who you are. And of course, since you can't have the loyalty cards, you can't even have credit cards at all because credit cards are an ultimate spying device. You can't be off the grid if you're out and about paying for things with credit cards. You're going to have to have cash or you're going to have to get a prepaid card, which is still going to have some tracking, obviously, along to it. But you can't use your normal credit card. You definitely can't use your bank's debit card or anything like that because you're not off the grid. You'll be able to be tracked. That's that's a no-brainer. So you're going to have to get rid of credit cards. Yeah, you can't live in a house with smart meters. You can't have any smart devices. And you have to ditch your cell phone as well. So you get rid of all of that. And you think that you're doing really, really well. But still, if you need to access the internet at all, I mean, you have to get rid of social media, obviously. I mean, because social media is going to track everything you do. Uh, Any email is somewhat trackable, but, you know, there are ways to get around that. But if you have an email under your name now, you certainly can't use that. And any web searches, again, you're definitely going to not want to do from your home or anything like that. And you're going to have to be careful when when you're out and about that you don't want to you know, log into an account like a Gmail account and then start doing searches. I mean, I guess the interesting thing about the internet is it's become so ingrained in everything that we do every day that it would be hard, I think, for most people to totally leave the internet behind. With For us podcasters, if there was no internet, we would just be talking to ourselves. So we can't really say we want you to be totally off the grid because the only way to get our shows, you have to be on the grid. Somewhere, somehow, you have to go somewhere and load up your device with the MP3 goodness of your favorite podcast. The internet, there are some things you can do to help protect your privacy without going entirely off the grid, because really the only way to be entirely off the grid, again, would be pull the internet cord, never go access the internet, totally forget it, don't even try to go and see what your friends are doing on Facebook. But if you're going to use the internet, there's a few things you can do. I mean, one, encrypt everything, which I know is a real pain in the ass. So if you're going to be emailing people back and forth, if you really want to be off the grid and you don't want your messages to be spied upon, you really need to do a uh, an encryption where you'd have to give the other person a key and then you can be able to email back and forth. So even if somebody got your message, they wouldn't be able to see what it says. You can use things like Tor, which have gotten a little bit better, but the privacy on Tor is still questionable. I mean, I don't think anybody's completely ever been able to prove one way or the other if there are exit nodes and stuff like that under the control of government agencies or if there's any way for them to get involved with those. Uh, but Tor is a definitely a thing to look at. You can also use proxies, which are you know much easier for most people to use, but also a lot less secure. 
And then you have things like virtual private networks that you can get. And there's been a bunch of stories on VPNs lately. They're, they're useful for a whole bunch of different things, like looking like you're coming from a different country. So if you want to watch a video that the BBC put up that can only be viewed in the United Kingdom, you know, you connect to a VPN in the UK and it looks like you're there. But VPNs are mainly used to protect privacy because all communications when using a VPN are encrypted. So that is a good thing. But you have to trust whoever set up the VPN. And there are certain good services out there, but you never know how long they're going to stay good. So always be keeping up with the news and all that. And make sure you look for a VPN. Uh, you can go, if you're looking for a VPN, a site that I highly recommend is called uh, that one privacy site.net. It's a great resource where you can see things like where the VPN is based out of, which is an important thing. I use NordVPN, like it a lot. They're based out of Panama, which means if they get a DMCA a request, they just throw it in the wastebasket because they are not in a country where uh, they're under any obligation to care about a DMCA request. So you want to know where the VPN is located. You want to know things like if they take cash or not. So if you want extra anonymity, there are a few VPNs that will allow you to send cash in the mail. You got to trust them, but there's no way to track your payment if you're sending them cash. It also tells you things about who they report to. That tells you things about all, all different aspects of things that will affect the privacy of a VPN. So definitely check that site out to, uh, to find out if your VPN is good or to find a better one. Again, it is that one privacy site.net. Now using free things like Google, like Gmail and that I've used them for years and I understand getting rid of them is partially just trying to break a, like a really bad habit that you've gotten used to. I enjoy the convenience that Gmail offers. But I understand what I'm trading off with that, which is privacy and the fact that they are searching those emails and throwing targeted ads at you, but it goes even beyond that because I don't see the ads thanks to a piehole, piehole.net, and thanks to running different ad blockers. I don't see the ads, so you kind of forget the fact that Gmail is doing these types of things and other free email services are doing these kind of things. I mean, there's the one thing to always ask if you're using an app or if you're using a internet program that is free, if you're using anything online, free email, whatever it is, it's free because you're the product. They're making the money by having your eyeballs on the screen and by using your data. Your data is what's paying for the service and some people are willing to go along with that. But obviously, if you're going along with that, you're certainly not, uh, you're certainly not off the grid. And I mean, the other thing I don't think people really understand is using search engines, which almost everybody does. Google is the biggest search engine out there. If you're logged into your Gmail account, which you are by default on most mobile devices and that, and usually if you're on your desktop, you know, a laptop, if you're logged into Gmail and you start doing searches in Google, all of those searches are saved and attached to your account. So if you're doing bad things, if you want to do nefarious things, the best thing to do would be not to use Google to search out how to do them, but you certainly wouldn't want to use Google while you're logged in to one of your accounts that you can be tracked through. There are other search engines out there that are a little bit safer or maybe a lot safer depending on 
what you're looking to do. DuckDuckGo.com and StartPage.com are two really good search engines to try out. I believe StartPage actually uses the Google search to find the results, but just strips all of your information out so it makes it a whole lot safer. You have to then trust StartPage and all that. They say they're not tracking you. Definitely a safer way to go about it. But again, you're on the internet, but you don't want it. You shouldn't be on the internet because you want to be off the grid. But getting off the grid is nearly impossible because really, if you're going to leave your house, you can't stay off the grid. If you drive anywhere, you're going to be seen on traffic cams and other cameras that are out and about that are going to catch your vehicle. They're going to see your license plate. And they have systems now which are very, very accurate and very, very good about grabbing that license plate information and throwing it into a database. It's not like the old days. Or even if, if you drove by a camera, you know somebody would have to go back and search for your car and see, oh yeah, this is the car we're looking for. Now these systems are automatically tagging and storing your license plate information. So if they have your license plate, it is child's play for law enforcement at this point to find out where you've been because you're going to get caught on these cameras. And it's not just for driving, even if you're walking anywhere. Cities like Chicago, cities like London, there's, there's cities all around the world that have cameras for your security up everywhere. And we've gotten to the point now where facial recognition is getting really, really good. So even walking down the street in any major metropolitan area, you're on the grid. They see you. You're not off the grid anymore. Just going to these places, you can't be off the grid. You're, you're on the grid. They see you. Their cameras are going. Facial recognition is popping. And if you've watched the show, I mean, it was a great show. I think it lasted five seasons, person of interest. The technology that that show showed, which was fictional at the time, I don't think it's that fictional any longer. I think the concept that you can walk down a street and be captured via facial recognition and be tracked as you move from one camera to the next to the next is where we are at with the technology right now. When you see how good facial recognition has gotten, there are image searches online that you can put in a person's photograph and they will look for it, not for that particular photo, for that face. You're seeing this on things like Facebook and Instagram where they want to auto-tag your friends like, hey, we see this person in this picture. Is that them? It's scary how good the facial recognition has gotten. The point is, though, there are cameras everywhere. So you, for you to be off the grid, you have to go somewhere where there are no cameras. So you're going to have to be getting out of the major metropolitan area. And to do that, you certainly cannot fly because if you have to go into an airport, and get onto an airplane, you're not off the grid. You're, you're like the complete antithesis of being off the grid if you want to take part in the wonders of flight anywhere in the United States or abroad. They're tracking everything. They know exactly who you are. They know where you are. So let, let's sum up. To get off the grid, you need to get rid of your cell phone. That's the easiest way, and maybe that is the major way for you to get off the grid and to get off the, the radar of the big advertising, the big data companies, get rid of the smart devices and the cell phone, and really, you'll go a long way. But with that said, you still have smart meters 
that are seeing what you're using as far as your electricity, your water, your gas. If you're using a loyalty card at your supermarket, they're tracking you that way. And once they have that fingerprint of what you buy, it doesn't matter where you go, they're going to be able to put those things together. The, the super algos are going to run and they're going to be able to track you down using that unless you totally change your habits. You have to get rid of the credit cards. You have to stay off the internet or make sure you're using the internet in different public places all the time and you're using secure email, not from the Googles. Maybe you're using something like protonmail.com, I think protonmail is. You're using something that's at least a little bit safer. You're encrypting everything. You're using a VPN. You're not using the search engines while logged into your account. Uh, you're not going out and driving because you, you just can't do that. Your license plates will be seen, so you can't use the expressways definitely if you're out driving. Again, you need to be really out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm not even sure if there is a middle of nowhere that is isolated and desolate enough now to where you, can't, where you can count on the fact that there are no cameras. So you can't drive, you can't fly, you can't walk around any city that has cameras, which is most of them now, as far as the major metropolitan cities. And now even in the more remote areas, people have ring doorbells. So you could be out in the middle of Mayberry, USA, walking down the street. It's still going to grab your face and it's still going to report back to Big Brother that it saw you there. And you really, I don't think you can even have a bank account because then you have to go and take money out at an ATM. So, I mean, if you have a bank account, uh, they know where they can find you if you try to get money out. So you got to get rid of your bank account. So you need to carry all your cash and, and avoid banks entirely. So maybe I would suggest Bitcoin or something like that. But for Bitcoin, now you need to be on the Internet and you're not off the grid anymore. So uh, I don't know. What is it? What does it really take to get completely and utterly off the grid? If we really were to go down that list of everything I mentioned and forego them, you kind of have to live in a tent in the middle of a forest with no electricity, no water, no gas, with no cell service. Well, cell service wouldn't matter because you wouldn't have a phone, but that would be the life that you'd have to lead. You basically would have to be the Unabomber to get completely and utterly off the grid. And I don't think most people are willing to do that. Could you do some of those things? Sure. But at this point, it's a losing battle. And I think the, really the best thing you can do is be aware of what's going on. Be aware of how your particular devices might be leaking your information and try to mitigate those as best as you can. I don't think most people are willing to get rid of the cell phone entirely, but you can definitely go through and learn how to make them more secure. You can learn how to get all of the apps that are spying on you uh, at the at the worst end of the spectrum, like the Facebooks and that, and get them off your devices. And you can do things like turning off GPS, turning off Wi-Fi completely when you're out of the house, things like that to try to keep the devices from spying on you and understand that it's going to be work. It's not going to be simple because ads and big bucks are the things that are driving all of this. So you're going to have to do some work to be even a little bit off the grid and protect your privacy. 
If I got anything wrong here, if I'm missing out some super simple solution or devices that I should be looking at that, that helps with all of these things, definitely reach out to us at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I know. Using Gmail. Irony. I need to get that changed. I'll be working on it. I need to make a checklist of all the things I need to do to get away from the big evil machine. But until then, I don't care if Google can read my emails that come into the Random Thoughts Podcast account. So feel free. Randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at Random Podcast, R A N D U M B Podcast. And of course, you can follow my personal account on Twitter as well at Darren O'Neill, D A R R E N O N E I L L. Would love to hear from you. I hope you're enjoying these shows that we're putting out. It's been a whole lot of fun. We're learning some sorts of new things. And we're looking at really today how futile it can be to try to get off the grid in a society that that wants to keep you on the grid, man. We need to know where you are. We need to know what you're doing. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So if you could subscribe to our podcast, that would be great. And your favorite device, because I know you have one. I know you have one of these Android devices or Apple devices. So if you could subscribe to our podcast, that would mean a lot. And tell a friend. We're trying to grow this fan base. Hopefully you like what you're getting here at the Random Thoughts Podcast. Help us grow. Tell a friend. It truly does mean a lot to me, and I appreciate everybody for listening. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill.